Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week. I'm your host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And this is week three of our Hebrews series, My Goodness. What a book and what an episode. We are joined today by the one and only Patty Saul's dear friend of both of ours. She's a fellow she. She is a writer for She Reads Truth. She writes devotionals for us, and we're going to get to talk about that a little bit. But Patty is just, I don't even know how to say what Patty is, all the things, but she (laughs) is friend first and foremost and lives here in Nashville and does a lot of things for a lot of people that goes completely unsung. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about her. So we are about to jump into this episode. Y'all, Hebrews has blown our minds, and I don't mean to oversell it, and I don't think I am. I cannot wait first for you to hear this episode, but then for you to read the words this week. Let's get right to it. Well, we started our Hebrews series with a brand new friend in week one. Yes. Met on the air. John Anwachekwa. And then last week for week two of Hebrews, Kelly Minter came for her seventh visit to the mm. Shiri's Truth podcast. Patty, she's just like I a mean, I have machine. Not, I have not <laughs> met her personally, but she is one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to have one. You're not yeah. alone. Yeah. And then this week, we have Patty Saul's here with us. The one and only. So excited, Patty, a return guest of the podcast. I am very happy to be here. Oh my goodness. Very, very happy to be here. What a surprise. (laughs) It was a little bit of a surprise. You have maybe 18 hours notice. You'll have to ask Nate Tasker because one of you has the record shortest notice. Yeah. For being on the podcast. That's so right. you guys can discuss that the next I time will. you see each other. I will. I'll try to but beat him out. It's for sure sub 24 hours was him as well. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. I work well on a deadline. I mean, same, honestly. <laughs> yeah. 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 No yeah. time to overthink it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So our guest that was scheduled for this week just became ill and was not able to record with us. So Patty jumped in. And I'm always sorry when a potential guest is sick, but I always love kind of getting to discover what the Lord always had in mind. Mm. Yeah. And so like the fact that Patty was always going to be the guest for mm. this episode is really sweet to me, and I'm thankful. Oh, I love to think of it that way. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> You're like, would have loved like a Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, at least this is like a really, you know, easy walk in the park. Like just straightforward Mm -hmm. book of the Bible. Mm -hmm. I can say that about any book. I mean, we make that joke a lot, but like there's mystery in every book of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Absolutely. And I've been loving Hebrews. Loving it. And Patty, as a not only a she, but also one of our writers, you know that before Hebrews, we studied Leviticus as a community. Mm-hmm. So that's right. We're coming out of that into this, and it has been so cool to see these like very clear, unmistakable connections. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to see even more of those as we get into this third week. Yeah, I agree. One thing that was helpful was I realized that I wrote on one of the earlier days, yeah. but it wet my appetite even when I was writing that of seeing all of the connections and really the building upon so much from the old. Testament in Hebrews. Yeah. Like it really kind of blew the doors open, and I just had one day to write. And so then to revisit it for today felt really good. Yeah. Because it kind of jumped off of where I had been in my mind and writing. And so it was actually great timing for me. I love that. I had a jumping off point. Yeah. I mean, I like, 
I feel like if we have a She Reads Truth devotional writer at the table, at the microphone, like, I'm so curious. Can I ask you, like, tell us about your process? Sure, yeah. Well, to be honest, I love to deep dive. I think that's part of my personality that I really Mm -hmm. enjoy doing that. And so for those who don't know, writers with the devotionals, we get a topic of what study we're doing and then the scriptures. So I look at the scriptures and I pretty much kind of skim the whole book. (laughs) Even if it's a long one, because I want to know what's happening. I don't want to just, you know, dip a toe in the middle of a book and not be related to the context of what's going on. So I kind of skim the whole thing and then do some extracurricular reading and study, and then I put it down. I make myself put it down because stuff will percolate. That's right. And so I try to do that early when I get an assignment and then let it kind of sit and percolate and then come to the computer and right away. I love that. And it doesn't write right away. It usually takes Sometimes, me a while. Yeah. It takes me a while. But yeah. you're such a beautiful writer. I love when you write, and it's clear that you have done the work, done the reading, and even the extra study, which like isn't always necessary, but when you bring yeah. it, it's really cool to yeah. get to like see those mm-hmm. extra things. But then you just bring you Well, to it. I feel like it gives me an excuse to deep dive into Scripture. Yeah. And I really think some of the things we're going to be talking about today to lead us in even to this week three, there are so many places where it harkens back to things in the Old Testament. Yeah. And for those who want to, for those who are really curious, there are so many trails that you can go back down down and pick up new and deeper yes. um, encouragements and teachings and exhortations and and things that make you scratch your head more. And that's okay. Absolutely. And that's okay. Yeah. But there's so many jumping off points, even in this week three, that also give us an excuse to sort of do some deep dives if we want to. And I love that. I yeah. love that about Scripture in general. Yeah. But I really felt this this week because there's so many dots being connected between Old Testament and New in Hebrews. Love that. Okay, we will talk about Hebrews, but I want to know. Like, <laughs> so you have been, this is such a, you're such a good example of just a person reading and studying Scripture, being a student of Scripture. Mm-hmm. You're not taking a class necessarily, right? Like right. you're not, it's not a formal job. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a passion and it's a part of your life mm-hmm. as a believer. Mm-hmm. So, can I ask you how many years you've been reading scripture? You know, I heard the gospel when I was in high school and around that time thought I better just read through from Genesis to Revelation. And I think I probably made it to Genesis 5. Uh-huh. That sounds about yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And I tried that several times for okay. a long, long time, yeah. for several uh-huh. years. Yep. And it just was so daunting. I had no biblical background. I had nothing to hang mm-hmm. anything on. Young in my Christian walk, I did a class that taught us how to read and study Scripture a little bit more in depth. And I feel like that was the tool I needed to get started. And then, yeah. um, so I'd say for the past now... 35 years, I've just really loved studying the Word of God and learning from pastors, sermons, resources, books, the podcast. I've learned so much from this podcast. So have we. Me too. (laughs) uh, It's been great. So yeah, I think being given some tools can go a long way. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, we are in week three, Patty, of our three-week Hebrews series. And so you get to help take us home here Mm, in the the end of Hebrews, and we pick up in kind of the middle of chapter 10, which I will confess, as you may have heard last week, that we ventured into these verses 
with Kelly. That's right. Because we just couldn't help ourselves. Oh, Sometimes it's you hard. can't help it's yourself. Hard. But right. I think we should revisit Kelly wasn't going to let us end that episode without getting mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah. To, I could I yeah. could guess that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go back to it. It feels absolutely worth like coming back, starting in verse 19. Mm-hmm. Patty, would you read that for us? Sure. Hebrews 10, starting in 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, He has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain that is through His flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. I mean— Where do you even begin? You know, it just— <laughs> It's temple language. It's I know. <laughs> Leviticus. The sprinkling. Yeah. Wow. The washing. The curtain. Yeah. Yeah. The High blood. priest. Sanctuary. Blood. Absolutely. All I of mean, it. it's definitely, it is not subtle in wanting us to remember and hearken back to what was happening in the temple. Right. And what does that have to do with us now? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then those who were listening to this or reading this for the first time, they wouldn't have had to look far back. Right. You know, because this is something that they would be so familiar Absolutely. with. Yeah. Goodness. I know it's always helpful for me to remember, and I'm sure that you've talked about this on other weeks, that this was written to Jewish Christians, right. Jewish mm-hmm. people who were steeped in those first five books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So this would have been so familiar. Yes. This would have been down pat. When you said those sorts of words, they would hearken back to all of that. Like yeah. when we're feeling a little like proud of ourselves because we just read Leviticus. <laughs> right. I am a little bit proud. I am a little I bit proud. Yeah. Or, Forgive you know, us. or like I feel like I have to stretch my mind to remember back and like, oh yeah, what was the temple like? Right. And, wait, oh yeah, it was a sanctuary on the move and oh yeah, there was all this blood. But for them, it would have been they like— They passed the temple It would have been like day. remembering yeah. their son's or daughter's birth. I mean, they would have just Just ingrained. It would have been ingrained. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. I was asking Amanda a couple of weeks ago, like, wait, is that why it's called Hebrews? Like, I think of Hebrews mm. as just the name of the book of the Bible. Yeah. And my connotation is the content, but instead it's the audience. Yeah. The people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ugh. Verse 23, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. Since he who promised is faithful. Mm. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. There's that drumbeat of community yes. that we found Patty and didn't mm. expect to find yeah. in Hebrews. Yeah. And it's just really beautiful that what is it that Jono said in week one? This is a group assignment. Yes. That's what he said. Yeah. That this is a group assignment, this yeah. holding on to the faith. And that I am responsible to help you, Patty, hold on yes. to your faith and you help me. Yes. And, and we're sure going to get into that in a few days when it talks about running the race yes. and the cloud of witnesses. It is yes. a group event. Yes. Group event. It's, it's that language of like that our faith, our Christianity is personal, but it is not private. Yeah. Like we have to not just tend to our own faith and our own relationship with Christ, but with each other, like that's tend right. to each other. Right. How are you? Right. Are we rehearsing the gospel to each other? That that's yes. integral, not optional. That's right. Ooh. Yeah. Oof, that's a good way to put mm-hmm. it. Oh, my. And we get, is this our fifth and final warning or is this warning four? I think there's another one coming. Okay. This mm-hmm. is warning number four here. 
here in chapter 10. I just like watching so Amanda. She never doesn't take notes. That's my double negative for the day. Um, <laughs> while still recording. I know. Like, I, she's I'm, still I do. Like, with that. making notes to herself. Well, yeah. I have a system. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah. When I go through and do my study on my own, I use one color of pen. But then during recording, if I have additional notes that come from the conversation with you know, Rachel and the guest, then I use a different color pen. Nice. So then when I look back, I can tell. It's like layers of learning it is a going system. on. It's a bit of a system. I like but it. I also just really like writing with red pens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Teacher mm-hmm. in my heart. Mm-hmm. So the warnings um, are intense. They yeah. are. Yeah. They are. And they just sort of, I feel like they don't sneak up on you mm-hmm. at all. I mean, wait, they do they sneak definitely up. definitely do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, I, you don't see them coming. That's yes. what I mean to say. Because yeah. they do sneak up. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we were just sudden, having this All of a sudden, you're moment. like, whoa. Oh, whoa. It makes okay. you like sit up and yes. straighter and pay attention. Yes. Let's read it out. Can I, I mean, read we were it just us? encouraging each other. Right, and then right. you're going to go talk about it. We were all saying brother and sister and everything. Kumbaya. What's just happening? Yes. So in 26, this heading in the CSB is warning against deliberate sin. And in 26, it starts, For if we deliberately go on sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire about to consume the adversaries. Anyone who disregarded the law of Moses died without mercy, based on the testimony of two or three witnesses how much worse punishment do you think one will deserve who has trampled on the Son of God, who has regarded as profane the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know the one who said, Vengeance belongs to me, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I mean... These are strong, strong words. It is a solemn, words. very solemn. It made me think about what Kelly said last week where she was like, we as a culture have sort of failed to name sin. We don't even acknowledge it or name it or call it that, or we we have a hard time calling sin, sin. And it's that thing where like this passage, this warning against deliberate sin is just kind of going like, you have got to remember the debt you are in. Mm-hmm. And because until we do, then like all of the sacrifice means nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that when I read this, I read it a couple times because I too yeah. felt sort of kind of hit between my eyes with it right. mm-hmm. on the initial right. reading. And I did think to myself as well, who is this talking to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we can be careful and remember this is not saying that it's wrong to struggle. It's mm-hmm. not saying God will That's have right. vengeance and wrath on you if you stumble, right? If you have weakness and mm-hmm. if That's you right. even if you are sinning, mm-hmm. he right. will have mercy when we come to him in repentance and there is repair and reconciliation and redemption. So this warning is not eclipsing the grace of God, which is bedrock throughout Scripture. Yes, good, mm-hmm. yes. But it is calling out the ones who are, as it says here, trampling on the Son of God, utterly insulting the Spirit of grace, rejecting yes. the entirety yes. of Jesus being Son of God, Lord of our lives. Right. Yeah, those verbs are really strong there. Yes, Trampling. Yes. Regarding as profane the blood right. of Christ, like 
But I could see believers who have a sensitive conscience feeling like, oh my goodness, I do this all the day. God's vengeance is going to fall on me right. because mm-hmm. I know I do things I shouldn't because do. Because I know or, that I'm a sinner I by nature. I know I'm a sinner. Right. I had to remind myself yeah. of, okay, yeah. there is grace. That is what the gospel is. That's I mean, right. If we could be perfect, exactly. Christ died for nothing. That's right. right. He Amen. died because we can't be perfect. Amen. Mm-hmm. That being said, I don't want to lessen this yeah. warning, but I do think that is something we've got to always hold tight is the grace of the gospel, even when we're talking about these very true, serious warnings about sin. It's reading these warnings and taking them very seriously, and yet reading them in the context of the whole book, the whole Scripture, all of these things where we go like, what do we know about the nature of God? And boy, do we know a lot about the nature of God. Like, Think about all the people, not just in the New Testament, Mm -hmm. but in the Old Testament, who sinned deliberately. Right. One in particular who was then called a man after God's own heart, right? Like, we know that there is... Mercy, this passage in some ways shows me even deeper the depth Mm -hmm. of God's mercy. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. And the language, I think, is important. This for if we deliberately go on Mm. sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth. This is not the same language as I'm struggling with something. Because even to sense that you're struggling is there's a conflict of conscience, you know, there. But this language feels more like, oh, I'm not not conflicted at all. It's a disregard. It's a disregard. So it's very different. And so what we talked about last week with Kelly and the way Kelly put it was if you're worried that you've committed the unpardonable sin, as we like to say, you know, that then you haven't (laughs) because you are being concerned about that indicates a certain posture of the heart. I think any concern indicates the presence of the Holy Spirit in yes. your heart, which has mm. softened it to a degree that this pricks it. Yeah. Yes. So if your heart is pricked by this, your heart has That's been right. softened by the Holy Spirit, mm. and the Holy Spirit is at work within you. Last week, earlier in chapter 10, this conversation about like our consciousness of sin. I'm going back now. Looks like it was verse two, and it said, you know, this language of like they would no longer have any consciousness of mm. sins. And that's like what you're saying, Patty, where like the Holy Spirit is in us if we are indeed mm-hmm. the, having that conviction and that consciousness of mm-hmm. our sins. I mean, it's flipping back now. I she wants see to it. read that. Ugh, I totally missed that. Yeah, in first reading, like it didn't yeah. dawn on me. I had what so it many questions. Saying. It was like, wait, how does like I had questions, but we, I mean, we had so many other things to talk about last week. Where I was like, but I'm glad we got to come back to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh my th- goodness. Well, I think if I can just move on to Ezekiel, I think that he really yeah. picks up on what we're talking about yeah. of a continued unfolding of grace mm-hmm. in the midst of a people that can't save themselves, which right. is what we're talking about, right. is a people who is realizing and responding to not being able to be sinless, to be perfect. We need Christ. We need Jesus. And we see in Ezekiel, which was 600, 700 years before Jesus is on the scene as a man huh. in Nazareth, in yes. Galilee, before he's crucified. So hundreds of years earlier, we have Ezekiel, the prophet, saying, that God, we can see how many times God says, I will, mm-hmm. I will take you from That's the nations. Right. I will sprinkle clean water <laughs> on you. I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart. I will place my spirit in you. You will be my people. I will be your God. I mean, God is saying, I am in the driver's seat. Amen. I yeah. am making the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can follow. Mm-hmm. And so it's an invitation, but it's also an assertion mm-hmm. that I right. am the author of your salvation. 
I will do it. The pioneer and perfecter. Oh, Jesus yeah. as the pioneer and perfecter yeah. of our faith. Preparing for this week, maybe uniquely from other, maybe any other episode we've recorded, I found myself driven to prayer. Mm. Like I found mm. myself driven to like writing in the margins of everything. Like, you know, even like going to verse 39 in chapter 10, where it says, but we are not those who draw back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. And I just wrote, like, find me here, Lord. Make me yeah. faithful. Like, I kept just finding myself asking the Lord, make me faithful. Find me here. Mm-hmm. I want to be the person that you're describing here or that is described here. Well, I think that's the gift of the warnings is it wakes up our desperateness. Aren't you grateful for the warnings? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it reminds me, it opens my eyes to my desperate need for rescue. That's because right. I hear yeah. myself in those warnings, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yes, Lord, save me. Save me. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On a, yes. Because even in those warnings, they're not, the, well, save yourself. They are, you know, we like we need him to save us. We need to ask yeah. him to save us. Mm-hmm. And he has done the saving. I mean, similarly, as you read through, you know, we mm-hmm. we get to turn the page to Hebrews 11, affectionately known among Bible readers as the Hall of Faith. <laughs> and where we get this section where, you know, by faith, by faith, by faith, and it's this story after story of individuals and the people of God mm-hmm. who lived by faith. And I thought the same, like... I want to be counted faithful. Yeah. Like these are people yeah. who are no longer living. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I want to be counted faithful yeah. when my life is summarized in three sentences. <laughs> you know, what it and then it also made me think of just the reality of their lives. I yes. think this is one of yes. those chapters. Do you all have this experience where this is one of those chapters that I have completely read through rose-colored glasses yeah. for a long time? Mm-hmm. And I started really reading it and thinking, these people lived hard these lives. Are hard stories. Very yeah. challenging. Yes. Like mm-hmm. they were faithful through hard things. Mm-hmm. And I think I let the like Hall of Fame mm-hmm. think color what is actually being said here. Faithfulness was not easy. You think about, I mean, even putting it in like sports terms, you mm-hmm. know, like you think about like if you're in the Hall of Fame, like if yeah. you're on the Olympic medal stand and like the person standing there, what a big moment for them. Don't even think about all the things that it took to get them there. And how many times they they went through and how many times they like there's just you don't get here without going through some very, very hard things. Definitely, definitely. And it says that in verse 13 of Hebrews 11, you know, naming all of these people and then saying, but they saw the promises of God, they saw the conclusion Mm -hmm. of things, the Mm -hmm. redemption of things from a distance. They greeted them and confessed that they were foreigners yes. and temporary residents on earth. That it very quickly peels back that rose-colored uh, exactly. lens and says, oh, they were looking at these things from afar. They were tasting a future hope yes. and glory, mm-hmm. but all the while feeling, I am a temporary resident in this hardship and suffering, but good is coming. Amen. Hope is coming. Mm-hmm. Yes. In picking up where you stopped, Patty, in verse 14, now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Mm. Yeah. If they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had opportunity to return, but now they desire a better place, mm. a heavenly one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll jump in here because this conversation about forever home, Amanda knows, like mm. we've been having some conversations yeah. this week. Patty, you know this too. So our family has been building a home. 
for several years now. It's been taking a very long time, but we are at the finish line. And we're really, really excited about it, and we're really, really grateful. But yesterday was kind of a significant day in the finishing process, and I was just surprised by how emotional I was. Mm. And for those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while, you know my story, and you know that I have two living children and one daughter who is buried here in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, mm-hmm. She was still born between Ollie and Hazel. And I texted Amanda yesterday because I just was crying hard. Oh. And I just said, did not expect to even think this or even feel this way. But the fact that we're about to move into our forever home, but there is not a room there mm-hmm. for one of our children. It feels— One of your forever babies. For one of our forever babies. Mm-hmm. It just felt like everything is supposed to be exactly perfect, but everything feels wrong. Mm. So I just like texted Amanda that. It was like, it doesn't feel—we worked so hard to make everything perfect, and it feels so wrong. And mm. she, in her wisdom, said, maybe that's because you know this isn't your forever home. And just like a reminder that the forever home is never going to be, it's never going to feel exactly perfect, no matter what we do, no matter how obsessive we are about all the things. But it was a good reminder to think in those terms. And then the next day to be reading here in Hebrews 11 about that we're seeking a homeland and it is so much better Mm -hmm. and so much more whole than anything that we can ever craft for Mm -hmm. ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know? And maybe... Could there be some encouragement from it, too, that you're not alone in that ache for a forever home? That's right. That all of these people that we read about, you know, Noah, Enoch, Abel, Sarah, Abraham, all the rest in these lists, they were aching for a forever home, Mm -hmm. and they were just getting glimpses of it coming in the future. That's right. Mm -hmm. And we're running that race. Yeah. You know, I mean, what we're being called to emulate is— is looking towards the Lord. What we're called right. to emulate is holding on to hope when things are hard. That's right. I don't yeah. think we're being called to emulate being rock stars. You <laughs> know, right. The heroes of the faith might be yeah. kind of seen as like, these were the guys to really look at. No, we are to see them looking forward to the Savior. That's right. yeah. And that's what we imitate from them. Is, that's right. Oh, we look forward to the Savior. That's what you all did. We're not trying to make it to the metal stand. That's we're right. We're looking to the one who, who is stands on, on the metal stand. That's Amen. right. Yeah. That's yes. right. So if we emulate anything from them, it's looking at our Savior. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. is in our forever home. Mm-hmm. Right. He's preparing. But there's it for a reason us. we hunger for it that That's right. badly. That's yeah. right. And yeah. I think it's absolutely connected to why we have, for a lot of people, it is our house mm-hmm. that feels like home. And for a lot of people, it's like a, a city or a place or, mm-hmm. you know. Or even a person. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. A person who feels like home. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the reason we long for those things is absolutely tied mm-hmm. to our longing for. Something better, yeah. as, it, as the scripture says. I mean, says. even like as we've been reading about these weeks, a uh, community. Like mm-hmm. there are communities. There have been seasons in our lives where my community has felt like home, yeah. and we know that even that is transit. Even mm-hmm. that is passing. There is one homeland whose architect and builder is God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Hey friends, interrupting this conversation real quick to remind you that our Advent 2022 collection is live in the shop. You can head to shop, 
shereadstruth.com slash advent to see everything that we have to offer for you this year, including our Advent study book, which is entitled Joy of Every Longing Heart. We are so excited about this reading plan this year. It's so special. There's a legacy book for the guys. There's a 25 card set that you can use to count down the days or display around your home. There's a brand new greeting card set that features those beautiful whimsical illustrations from the study book that we love so much. And if you want to gather the whole family around God's Word this Advent season, we have Kids Read Truth products for you as well. Now, November 14th is the last day to order your products with standard shipping and get them in your hand for the first Sunday of Advent on November 27th. So head to shopshereadstruth.com slash advent. And don't forget, the best way to ensure that you get your Advent book and every new study book we create is to sign up for our monthly subscription box. You can do that at shopshereadstruth.com slash subbox. All right, back to the show. The end of this chapter got me this time. Mm. I'm still really like kind of breaking down in my head why I've responded (laughs) to this passage the way that I did this time. But I think it's because a lot of times, especially when we read, we kind of jump around scripture a lot too. And, you know, like we'll maybe pull out the Abraham passage or, you know, different passages. It's great But reading it in full this time. Yeah. What was um, it about the end that got to you? I want to know. Because I was walking through and having this realization of like remembering that it wasn't by faith they did these great things. It was by faith they endured really hard stuff Mm. for the sake of the best thing, you Mm. know, and their home, their true home. And then you get to the end and it just kind of... I mean, I'm just going to read it. In verse 32, and what more can I say? I wish I knew who this was writing because I just really like them. I know. Um, And what more can I, or (laughs) what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah. David, Samuel, and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouth of lions, quenched the raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength in weakness, Mm -hmm. became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Every single one of those (laughs) phrases involves something really traumatic and hard. Mm -hmm. Yes, It's victorious language, but it's like, oh, this is a battle. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Other people were tortured, not accepting release, Mm. so that they might gain a better resurrection. Mm, Others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. I mean, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. Mm, that they sentence. W- yeah. The world was not worthy of them. What about it? Mm. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these were approved through their faith. And I'm just emphasizing faith, not mm-hmm. their works, their faith. Yeah. But they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. Wow. Amanda's down. She's on the table. (laughs) It's so much. It is. It is. And especially coming from a culture that, first of all, that sort of Mm self-sacrifice sounds 
impossible and extraordinary, and it is, but also to do something like that for something that isn't going to be your immediate gain. There's yeah. not going to be that immediate payoff. There's not the immediate like check. You did something hard. This will cost your reward. Me, but there's going right. to be a payoff. But they did not receive yet what was promised. I mean, that doesn't even calculate in our consumerism no. economy. Mm-mm. This feels very life. foreign to Mm-mm. me. Yeah, hmm. I ordered light bulbs today. Well, I'll be here tonight. Here I mean, right. I mean, I think it's contrary to the flesh. It's totally right. contrary yeah. to the flesh. Our flesh says, "I will do such and such if I get such and such." There you go. Right. And to hold right. out hope for something that we can't see right. is of the spirit. It's so countercultural. The like, I need to have healthy boundaries, and I need me time, and I mm. need all of, like all of these things to. I can't love anybody until I first figure out how to love myself. Like, no, like <laughs> it's so. Mm. And I'm not laughing or mocking the women and men who feel that way. When I feel that way, right, I'm seeing a better way. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's just perspective. It really is. It's hard to keep. No, but you know what? It made so much sense then, not to skip ahead, but the right after this, so that's the end of chapter 11, and then in Hebrews 12, verse mm. 1, therefore. Yeah. yeah. That's a big therefore. Yeah. Woo, I feel like I one. still forget that the like Hebrews is a letter. Like yeah. even like the end, like the last verse of chapter 10, like talks about the reward of faith. And then it says, and now faith is mm. this. Like we forget that, that is a all good connected. reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, so into chapter 12, verse 1, therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before Him, He endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Mm. That's the key verse for this study, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Good job knowing that, Patty Sauls. Is everybody memorizing that right now? It's, I mean, trying. Yep. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot packed into that for sure. It really is. Again, that race imagery. So I am not a runner (laughs) at all. In fact, me either. When I try to run, it hurts every cell in my body. (laughs) (laughs) Everything hurts. I'm an avid walker, though. So I really do. I put a lot of miles Mm -hmm. on trails and roads by walking. But even though I'm not a runner, there is something about this running metaphor that just resonates. I mean, Absolutely. when you hear it, you just, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, there's a reason why we resonate to Chariots of Fire or <laughs> even Forrest Gump. Remember, he was the yes, runner who would yes. just like run everywhere as fast as he could. Like, there's something in us that really, you know, that emotional, spiritual, physical connection of running a race. Totally. And I love that, even though I'm not a runner. <laughs> um, but I bet, as a runner, I bet there's an even deeper appreciation for some of yeah. the, that metaphor. But I love that married in just these two verses is talking about our race and that large cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on, but being based on Jesus' race. It's really all about Jesus' race. He yeah. ran the race. Yes. He won the race. He endured the cross. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, it's talking about we are runners, mm-hmm. but we're runners in relationship to Jesus having already won the race, Amen. ultimately. Amen. Yeah. Something that I love about this passage, and it's easy to overlook, but it's that word joy, Mm. sort of Mm. in the middle of like all this harder language. But you ask, why did he endure the cross? For the joy set before him. Like that is 
so mm-hmm. mind-boggling to me but that, like, I mean, we think about the fruit of the Spirit and, like, all of these things and, like, how did Jesus embody each of these things mm-hmm. and how did we see that in Him, in His life? But to think about that He was pursuing this level of joy that could only be achieved by death, and the joy would be, like, restoration with us and rest with us, like, that is joy to Him. We also see how much he entered into humanity, Jesus being fully God and fully man, that yeah. the joy is also carried with shame. Yeah. Talk about two strong words. I mean, those are two that don't gut. fit together. They yeah. Come yeah. In our, you feel them in your gut, like yes. joy and shame, and that he held both. Mm. And that he knows that we hold both. That's right. Even as we That's were right. talking about the hope for our forever home. That's right. Like there's yeah. deep angst and there's joyful expectancy, but it's both. It is both. I mean, that is the cross we carry too, mm-hmm. a lesser cross. Mm-hmm. But we look and see Jesus having carried that in such a infinite mm-hmm. way. And to model that then, or I don't know if model is the right word, but to go, what is the joy that lays before me? Mm. And that's what those people that we read about in chapter 11, like for the joy that laid before them, yeah. even that they wouldn't have received in their lifetime. And likewise, Jesus It helps me to think about what is the joy that lays before me? How am I running towards that? And of course, it goes back, Amanda, to week one when John was talking about his little daughter riding her bicycle, and she was so focused on getting the pedals going, and so she would constantly crash. And he was like, you can't look down at your work. You have to look forward. You have to look up. And just like helping her in a very simple way, but the metaphor of it of just like not looking down, but looking up Mm. and looking forward so you don't crash. Now, I wonder how it would make a difference in my life if I really believed on a daily basis and lived out of being surrounded by a large cloud of witnesses that those have gone Mm -hmm. before in history that are in different places and times. And those are that are also with me mm-hmm. in my world that right. are running with me and cheering me on. But to really think about that, like the eternal perspective of an eternal cloud of witnesses cheering me on as I run and as I stumble and fall and them saying, you can do it, get up, look who's ahead, yeah. look who's ahead, he's yes. paved the way, yeah. hold on. It makes me want to join the cloud. I want to be in the cloud of witnesses, like uh, when I'm yeah. in glory, like when I am, mm-hmm. like when my time here is done. Yeah, I want to be in the cloud cheering whoever needs cheering yeah. on. Yeah. I want to get to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a runner, I'm not a cheerleader, but I want to do both. <laughs> you can do both. Yeah, that's so good. So I don't mean to skate past the part about fatherly discipline, which is also beautiful in its own right. Mm-hmm. But I love that we get this call to faith in chapter 11, Mm -hmm. and then the reality of this group of witnesses, Mm -hmm. um, both in glory and here, who are running alongside us and have already run, and then that God loves us enough to discipline us for our benefit, the text says. Mm -hmm. Then we get another therefore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Therefore, in verse 12, strengthen your tired hands and weakened knees Mm -hmm. and make straight the paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but healed instead. That is such an wow. interesting like, wow. image to me. And I don't know if, I mean, this is just me reading this and not, I didn't do a word study, I'm just <laughs> reading the text. That like, okay, it feels like the things that are given here are, you're going to be tired, you're going to feel tired and weak. Mm-hmm. So strengthen your tired hands 
and your weakened knees. Make straight the paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but healed instead. Mm -hmm. And this reminds me of this conversation that we're having that, like, we're not going to do this perfectly, and we're all going to feel ourselves... You know, prone to wander, Lord, I feel mm-hmm. it. Like we're all going to feel ourselves being pulled away or pulling ourselves away. And we need each other to remind one another and to, we need scripture to remind mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. of what is true. We need the Holy Spirit to convict us and to comfort us so that, you know, in our weakness, that that wouldn't lead us to this separation from Jesus or this rejection that we talked about. They're like, we're just afraid of, like, what is this warning? But healed and strengthened, and mm. we stay on that path. And I don't mm. I don't know, there's probably some sort of scholarly take on this, but that kind of, that these are our options, that we're all lame. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you can either, if my leg is hurt, I can either just keep running the way I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, or I can tend to it. And let it, so it can either be kind of destroyed or it can be healed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it really is showing that when it says strengthen, it's in the context of community. That's right. right. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which goes immediately into verse 14, which says, uh, it's it's the final warning. Warning number five. I've been looking for you. This warning against rejecting God's grace begins by saying, pursue Mm. peace with everyone and holiness. Without it, no one will see the Lord. So there's a real immediate community moment there. And then it goes on to say, make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up. Like all of this is just like, I'm so thankful for these words, like as we read them. So that no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and defiling many. And make sure that there isn't any immoral or irreverent person like Esau, who sold his birthright in exchange for a single meal. For you know that later when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, even though he sought it with tears because he didn't find any opportunity mm-hmm. for repentance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that struck me in this was just that phrase, the root of bitterness oh, springing man. up. Oh, man. I feel that in my heart. Mm-hmm. I, oh, bitterness. It's like jealousy. It's a mm-hmm. yucky feeling. Mm-hmm. It is just a yucky feeling. And I was thinking about it as I was reading about those things that I can actively do, you know, being prideful, being critical, things that can make me have a rhythm Mm -hmm. of finding things not measuring up, feeling Mm -hmm. bitter, feeling disappointed. Mm -hmm. But I also then was kind of caught up short thinking, you know, another thing that allows bitterness to be stored up and spring up in my heart is passivity. Mm. of not taking things to the Lord, of not coming to the Lord in confession, of not being in His Word on a regular Mm -hmm. basis, just being passive. Like if you do nothing to a garden, roots will grow. You don't have to do anything. So I don't even have to be actively Hmm. being... um, Thinking and rethinking about whatever... I don't have to be actively bitter for bitterness to grow by me not tending to my relationships, by not tending to my relationship with the Lord, for me not taking the sin that I do know of, and searching for an opportunity for repentance. Right. Yeah. So in that passivity, that mm-hmm. lack of action, the bitterness grows. Mm-hmm. I mean, we I'm sure we can all, can all tell stories of seeing weeds grow in our gardens, and mm-hmm. there's not... I didn't have to plant a weed seed. No, ma'am. <laughs> it just All you have to do grows. is just turn away for a couple days. I mean, if we're, not, yeah. if we're not tending our souls, bitterness will grow. That's right. It'll just grow. Yeah, it's good, Patty. That word, opportunity really strikes me because I just haven't thought about, I don't think I think about it that way of like, you know, obviously I'm not proud of my sin, but 
when I do stumble, that is an opportunity for me mm-hmm. to bring that to the Lord and receive mm-hmm. His grace and mercy, mm-hmm. and that I should be on the lookout for that mm-hmm. and confess because it's there. Right. If I'm not finding it, it's not because it's not there. Yeah. Right. And Amanda, as a member of the royal priesthood, yeah. Right. Like we have every mm-hmm. opportunity to approach the throne of grace. We mm-hmm. do not have to wait until the day of atonement mm-hmm. or to bring the blood of goats or calves or anything. Like we have every mm-hmm. opportunity right. for repentance. I love that. And I mean, I say a lot, words matter. And mm-hmm. that's a word that matters. Like yeah. it doesn't say he didn't do his duty of repentance. He didn't repent. Find the opportunity. That's like gift language. Like, yeah. like you didn't take advantage of this gift. You didn't take that opportunity. Yeah. You know? I mean, that repentance is a good, kind gift. You're right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how about that Thursday reading that in the book is titled An Unshakable Kingdom? Yes. Mm. That should be my band name. Unshakable sure. Kingdom. Sure. Yeah, this might have been my favorite day of the week. <gasps> really? Of reading. Patty Sauls, tell Ta- us more. Yeah. I think so. Talk I, to I us. really do. You know, I think. I love a clear comparison. I love a clear link, speaking Mm -hmm. of links between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And here we have, right in the beginning of Hebrews 12, where we have a picture of Moses way back in the Old Testament on Mount Sinai. That's where the law was given. And it is not pretty. It is, Mm -hmm. um, you've not come to what could be touched. You can't even touch it. A blazing fire, darkness, gloom, storm, a blast of trumpet, the sound of words, those who heard it begged that not another word would be spoken. An animal, if it touched it, it would have to be stoned. Moses came saying, I am trembling with fear. That is Mount Sinai. That is the old covenant, right. the old way of we have got to pay for our own sins. We have to cleanse ourselves, sacrifice, and make a way to be right with God on our own. Yes. Human effort, human effort, human effort. Then immediately you say, it says in verse 22, this is my favorite verse. Mm of this section. Instead, instead of this horror show, you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels, a festive gathering, to the assembly of the firstborn whose names have been written in heaven, Mm. to a judge who's God of all, to the spirits of righteous people made perfect, Mm. and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which says better things than the blood of Abel. Hmm. So instead of it being a human effort and horror show, it is a glory of joyful singing, a festive gathering, Mm. a place where Jesus has made people perfect, righteous people made perfect, Mm. not made themselves perfect, made perfect Mm. by the mediator Jesus. That's the new covenant. So we go from Mount Sinai and the law which crushes to Mount Zion where Jesus' blood shed for us frees us. Mm-hmm. There mm. could not be a clearer mm. unfolding of the old covenant to the new covenant. Oh, I, I just love this, Patty. Yeah, love it, love it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I hadn't noticed that which says better things than the blood of Abel. It makes me go straight back to what Genesis four, where it says, "And his blood still cries out mm. from the earth." I didn't think about. Th- oh wow, yeah. I mean, that is spilled blood that cannot get the job done. Right. Any blood besides Jesus spilled as sacrifice just cries out for more to be done. It is not sufficient. Yeah. But the blood of Christ was sufficient. There's no more crying, no more tears, no more pain. Mm. Yeah. So beautiful. And that's why it's a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and that's what leads us to be thankful. I love that. I want to actually read that cannot be shaken part because it is 
so good. Even starting in verse 26, his voice shook the earth at that time, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This expression, yet once more, indicates the removal of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what is not shaken might remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. By it, we serve God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Mm -hmm. Cannot be shaken. I mean, any other system of salvation is shaky ground. Yeah. Only the kingdom of Jesus Christ is unshakable. Mm. I love that, just like that picture of like we can shake things out and everything that can be shaken will be Mm. shaken, but there are things, there is a thing that cannot Mm -hmm. be shaken out. Yeah, yeah. And then Hebrews 13, the final exhortations. I mean, what a landing, too. What a beautiful I just underlined like Mm -hmm. the whole thing. (laughs) Almost. Like, to me, it feels like I want to talk about it, but I just want to, like, I want our listeners to hear it. Can mm. we just read Hebrews 13? Yeah, we'll do, a little, we'll do a little round robin. Yeah, start us out, Patty. Sure. Hebrews 13. Let brotherly love continue. Don't neglect to show hospitality, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. Remember those in prison as though you were in prison with them, and the mistreated as though you yourselves were suffering bodily. Marriage is to be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept undefiled, because God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterers. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have, for He Himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Verse 7, remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you. As you carefully observe the outcome of their lives, Mm. imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be led astray by various kinds of strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be established by grace and not by food regulations, since those who observe them have not benefited. We have an altar from which those who worship at the tabernacle do not have a right to eat. For the body of those animals whose blood is brought into the most holy place by the high priest as a sin offering are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also suffered outside the gate, so that he might sanctify the people by his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing his disgrace." For we do not have an enduring city here. Instead, we seek the one to come. Therefore, through him, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Don't neglect to do what is good and to share, for God is pleased with such sacrifices. Obey your leaders and submit to them, since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account so that they can do this with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we are convinced that we have a clear conscience, wanting to conduct our lives honorably in everything. And I urge you all the more to pray that I might be restored to you very soon. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with everything good to do His will, working in us what is pleasing in His sight 
through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then this little closing, because it is a letter, brothers and sisters, that's right, Hmm. with our elder brother Jesus, I urge you to receive this message of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. Be aware that our brother Timothy has been released. If he comes soon enough, he will be with me when I see you. Greet all your leaders and all the saints. Those who are from Italy send you greetings. Grace be with you all. Hmm. This is the, the word of the Lord. Lord. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. I mean, there's so much in this. I know. It was hard to, it was like, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that we did it that way. Yeah. I really wanted to read the whole thing because there's nothing that we could say that this can't say better. I agree with that 100%. What a rich, rich letter this is. Mm-hmm. And you're right about the threat of community. I don't think I had noted yeah, that as much I until, either. especially until we're it reading it out loud. Yep, and hearing it's more than a threat. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's the frame as it's, well. I mean, it's. it's really, I don't know that you can read a chapter without really yeah. getting this underscoring of like this is a group assignment. Yes, like yeah. even this chapter started with yes. let brotherly love continue. That's right. I mean, mm-hmm. this isn't. In other words. This is in the context of community. We're going to work this out. Yes, there's a vertical relationship mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. and being perfected and provided. But do not miss, this is going to be worked out horizontally, mm-hmm. big time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's so, so good. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Mm-hmm. Just the way that there are just psalms just like... Sprinkled through mm-hmm. Hebrew. It's just beautiful. I love it. It's beautiful. All right. Well, this has been time well spent. Oh, I sure has. <laughs> Patty, I'm so glad you came. Thank you for having me. I have loved talking about this. Oh. It really is so good to bounce off of others what you're reading and learning and questioning, and it's so good. It's so true. We say that our two objectives for every episode are to model believers having conversations about oh. Scripture, like finding delight in God's Word, which I think we did that here mm-hmm. today. And then the other is just to encourage and Inspire is not maybe the right word, but it's to encourage our listeners and get them excited about being a woman or a man in the Word of God Mm -hmm. every day this week. Like, we want you to hear us having done the reading for the week and been so excited to talk about it and dig into it together. We want y'all to do the reading as well. I hope that you don't count this as a checked box so much as a starting place for your week. And so then not only be a reader, but Go have the conversations and do the thing that we're doing. Yes, we have headphones on, microphones in front of us, but go have those conversations because you will learn from each other. And isn't that what Hebrews is teaching us? Absolutely. To do this in community. Absolutely. All right, friends, this concludes our Hebrews series. I'm so thankful. Lord, thank you for this series. And then next week, we will begin a brand new series called Prayers in Scripture. Amanda, tell us a little bit about it. I mean, it's exactly what it says. We're going to look at a lot. There are so many different times in Scripture when the people in Scripture pray. I mean, Jesus prays, and so do so many others mm-hmm. in Scripture. And so we're going to look at a lot of those moments and kind of the context of what's happening yeah. when those prayers are offered. And we're going to look at individual prayers and communal prayers, mm-hmm. and it's going to be I think we're going to learn a lot. I'm excited. It'll be sort of like our bulk of November. We'll start kind of on the second week of November. And so this plan, this prayers and scripture plan begins next week, and it takes us through to November 27th. Amanda or Patty, (sighs) does anybody know what happens on November 27th? Oh, I do, and I'm excited. Oh, 
Same. First Sunday of Advent. Oh, my goodness. It's coming. It is almost here. That feels strange and also true. Simultaneously Mm -hmm. exciting (laughs) and very terrifying. (laughs) I have a lot to do. Yeah, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do, but you know what? There's also a lot of scripture we're going to have. This year's Advent experience Mm -hmm. is really unique and special, and I can't wait. We've been excited for months and months and months for you all to walk through it. I don't know off the top of my head the last day to order your Advent books, but I think we are Quickly Same. approaching that. I know that it's a it's an early November date. So if you don't already have your book, you can go to shopshereadstruth.com and you can see what we have for you as she's. And then we also have He Reads Truth books. We have a really sweet Kids Read Truth bundle this year and lots of extra cool She Reads Truth things to kind of make a whole Advent experience. And our book this year is just lovely. And our Advent study this year comes from, comes out of the hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so we take all the lyrics of this beautiful hymn and we explore the scriptures that inspire each of the lyrics and they lead us straight to Bethlehem and straight out of Bethlehem into where we are today. It's really beautiful. We're so excited. It's going to be a really good Advent. I'm very, very excited. Okay, well, that's all the time we have for now. (laughs) Come back next week as we start Prayers and Scripture. But until next week... Dear Patty, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles.